Heavenly Father, I thank you that um, you are our God. I thank you that you are a Father, and I thank you that you live and you dwell in us, God, and that you're just so real and you connect with us and you communicate with us. And I just thank you for the gospel. I thank you for the revelations you've been teaching me and for saving me in the first place and teaching me all that as well. And I just pray that today... I'll be able to glorify you. Please come and speak through me, Holy Spirit, that none of these words will just be mine, but it will be yours and yours alone, and that it will really take, um, be planted in the hearts of my fellow brothers and sisters, and that all distractions will just fall away in the name of Jesus, and that we'll all be able to be focused on you as we are talking about connecting and communicating with you through prayer. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll be here tonight. Give me a lot of anointing and grace, and I love you, and I pray that I'll have, oh, I pray that you won't make me cry, or that I won't cry, but I'll be able to have fun in my second to last Emmaus Large Group. I thank you, and in your name I pray, amen. Yeah, so this is my second to last large group ever. I know. I'm not sad right now. I'm not going to cry. But because it is, I just want to take this moment to take a selfie with you guys. (laughs) I never get to do this. So the funny story, when I first came to Emmaus, I did not want to take a group photo. Um, I just didn't want to be associated with these Christians. But now I'm the one initiating the group photo. You see how it's... Okay, anyways. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Okay. So, actually, I might just take this off. Thank you. So for those of you who don't know me, my name's Gina. Um, my Korean name's Jian, but you can just call me Gina. I, yeah, like DP said, I'm a student here. This is hopefully my graduating semester, if I can pass. And then, um, yeah, I'm studying in psychology, IR. I first came as an unbeliever to Korea. I grew up with very little Christian background. I'm Korean, but I grew up in Poland. So for 15, 16 years of my life, I was in Poland. Then I came back to Korea to study at SNU. I was an atheist. I didn't, I had very little Christian background. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into when my friend brought me to Emmaus. Um, and I, after the first large group, I ran away from Emmaus. But long story short, God encountered me. I received him and I am here three years later preaching the word of God to you today. So just me being up here, as Stephen said, is a miracle. If you don't believe in God, look at me and you will know that God is real. Yeah, and so because I was an atheist and I didn't have a lot of Christian background, I didn't know anything about prayer, which is what we're going to talk about today. So, well, the only prayer I knew when... I was a child when I went to Korean Catholic Church with my mom. The only prayer I ever prayed was, Dear God, my dad's going on a business trip today. Please don't let his plane crash. Amen. That was the only prayer I knew. <laughs> that was the only prayer I knew. The years later, the prayer I prayed later was um, of repentance, as I said. Okay, God, I, I accept you as my Lord Jesus. I believe that you died for me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You are good. Okay, I want to go on this journey with you. So on this journey for the past three years, I've been learning more and more about prayer. It's something, prayer is the one thing that I can't explain to unbelievers or even to Christians what it is. So when <laughs> when I was told that I had to pray about prayer, I was like, but I can't express in human 
worldly words what it is, how do you want me to talk about it and to teach you guys about it and lead it into our familiar time? And when DP said, you know, um, you're called to preach and teach about things that are your weakness, yeah, this was it. So it, was, it wasn't funny at first, but <laughs> it wasn't funny, but, you know, it just, I just want to say that I didn't know that much about prayer. I'm still learning about prayer. It's something so intimate and so spiritual and heavenly that it can't be fully understood by our limited minds right now. And it's so deep. You can just pray about prayer as well and get revelations. You can talk about prayer and get revelations about God. It's so good. And so I just want to say that when this word goes out, no one needs to get intimidated or feel condemned if you haven't been praying or if you don't know what it is. Like, just like we don't know God fully, being able to communicate with him, it's never going to be just a one final stage, but we're going to continue to do it and learn more about it, which is what I wanted to talk about today. So first of all, if we want to talk about prayer, I wanted to discuss the prayers in different religions. So in the top three world, the world's top three religions, according to my research, is in this order, Christianity, Islam, and Buddhism. It's in that order. And in all three, and in other religions as well, prayer plays an important part of that religion. And when I first became Christian, everyone was like, you have to pray, you have to pray, you have to pray. I didn't know what was so special about Christian prayer. And I was like, the Muslim brothers pray. Everyone else prays. What? Like, do you want me to do the same thing as them? Or like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> and so I had to learn the distinction. And I just wanted to clarify here today what Christian prayer is. And then I'm going to share a couple of my testimonies about prayer to God. So the first one, prayer in Buddhism, the third largest or most believed in whatever religion. Prayer in Buddhism, the purpose of it is to bring, um, to achieve enlightenment. So you, this is what it said. I can't fully understand it because I'm not Buddhist, um, but <laughs> I can't fully understand, but it was saying something like you're looking inwards, you're reflecting inwards to achieve something. You're looking inwards to achieve revelation, to achieve a certain stage, to become kind of like evolving yourself because let's say you want it to be a better human. You want to be more compassionate. Then you just think about compassion. And if you think about it long enough, you will become compassionate you think uh, according to the worldly ways, okay, what does the world say is compassion? Is it about giving to the poor? Is it about helping your brothers and sisters? What is compassion? And you just meditate on it. And that act is prayer in Buddhism. Um, yeah, like one site that I read, it said, it literally said, if we believe in something enough, it will take hold of us. It will become us. So you're looking inwards as you're praying. And it's also a way of talking with oneself to comfort yourself or solve a, solve a problem. So let's say you have a trauma or you got angry at someone, you're kind of dealing it with it on the inside. Because you know how we bring it to God and we say, God, I'm angry at this person and you're processing with God. It's the same thing, but you're just doing it with yourself. You're just thinking. And then another one is it's about emptying yourself, enlightenment. I don't even know how to begin to... Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to skip that. Anyways, so you're looking inwards. It's a process of self-reflection about meditation. And um, you're relying on yourself. You're relying on yourself to, you're relying on yourself as you're praying. 
and you can do it anywhere, anytime, in any way or any form. You don't have to go. A lot of Koreans are Buddhists. You don't have to go to the temples and have the monk like do that thing. You don't have to do that. You can just stay at your house and pray. And then the second one is prayer in Islam, which is, okay, there are two forms of prayers, the Salat and Dua. I think that's how you pronounce it. Salat is the one that most um, people know to be Muslim prayer. It's the one that a lot of the Muslim students here at SNU come to do here every night at 9 p.m. It's where you face Mecca, where you face a certain direction, and five times a day at specific certain times, you have to pray. It is an obligation of faith. If you believe, then you have to do it. It is an obligation of faith. And the purpose is to worship Allah, to worship God, and acknowledge that you are the servant to the creator. I'm a servant or a slave to this master. God, you are good. It's a, it's a one-way proclamation saying you are good, and I'm physically going to show it five times a day, sacrifice this time to show you how much you mean to me, how much you are worthy of this because you are, you know, you are God. You're worthy of it. You're the creator. And it's very works-based works as well. I have to do this so that I can get a better standing with God and I can get into heaven. I have to do this if I am a person of faith. And so you do it five times a day at prescribed times. And there are five stages. You stand, then you bow, then you prostrate yourself. So you lie flat on the ground, and then you sit on the ground. And during each time, you recite certain verses or prayer. I, I don't know what they say. But anyways, <laughs> you face a certain way, and you do it. It's very religious in that form. It's all in the acts. But also, they try to... Um, put their minds into it as they're doing it, but it's a very one-way communication saying, I am the servant, I am unworthy, but you are worthy, and I, you deserve my praise. The second one is dua, and the purpose of this is you just free talk with God. You say, hey, this, these are, okay, it's not that casual for them. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, I've never seen anyone do this because I feel like it's a very private thing because you're bringing your um, petitions, your requests, to God. And it's a free talk. It's not that five times a day religious one, but outside of it, you can pray to him in this form as well. And it can happen anytime, anywhere, in any way. So that's prayer in Buddhism, prayer in Islam, and now prayer in Christianity. The purpose of prayer in Christianity, as Christians, we pray because it's a form of communication with God. In Buddhism, there was no communication. You're just talking with yourself. That, maybe that's a form of communication, but you're just talking with yourself. In Islam, you're talking, but you're not listening. It's just one way. And then in Christianity, you're talking with God. As you're praying, you're saying things, and you're praising, and you're bringing your requests, and you're just sharing about your life, and you're also hearing from God. So prayer is, as we're going to talk later, it's like a cell phone. You hear from both sides. You know, so the cell phone is for communication, and it's a connection with God. You communicate with someone to connect with them. If I don't care about you, if I don't need to connect with you, and I don't need to do something with you, or I don't need to be with you, I will not communicate with you. I don't care. I just, <laughs> I would not care about you. But if I communicate with you, then it means, okay, let's say I'm trying to communicate with Amy then we're trying to reach a compromise for something. Or I'm trying to communicate my feelings to her and listen to how she's doing or whatever. There's a relationship and a connection that I want through communication. And so in prayer and Christianity, it's a, con it's a connection with God. And instead of being it an obligation of faith where you're required to pray, it is 
it's um, highly advised that you pray. <laughs> it's highly advised that you pray, but it, you are not required to pray. You are not required to do anything, but it's a practice of faith. It's a practice of it. Because if you believe in, a, in the one true God, that he's real, that he's almighty, and that he's creator, and that he wants to, he says, ask and you will receive, I will give to you. If you believe in that, then the natural step is you will ask. And that is prayer. That's communicating. And you want wisdom, and he says, ask if you want wisdom. And you ask, that itself is prayer too, because he's going to give you the wisdom. That is communication. That's connection. That's the practice of faith. That is what prayer is in Christianity. And it can happen anytime, anywhere, anyway, however you want to, whenever you like, in whatever form and language you want to. So to summarize the, compare, uh, to summarize the different prayers, prayer in Buddhism is self-reflection, meditation. It's, it has its own like different purposes. Prayer in Islam, you have the Salat, which is the very religious one. And then the second one, which um, is free talk with God, bringing your request to him. And the prayer, in, and then there's just a one-way connection, one-way, I mean, communication. And then prayer in Christianity is the one where it's a two-way communication and a connection. And so, I will discuss, what, what time did I start? Five minutes left? Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me see which is the most important testimony. Oh my. <laughs> Everything? All right, guys. So, no. Okay. <laughs> I understand PC now. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, so, my first one, my testimonies are prayers. I wanted to share testimonies because one time, at New Philly, we had a pastor called Pastor Joel. He's in the States now. We're doing another ministry. But he came, and he's a very fiery man of God. He's, he loves God. He's holy. like He's set apart. And um, one time he just came to talk about obeying God, and he didn't, like, condemn and say, like, this is what the word of God says. But he simply shared his testimonies. And it really spurred me on to obey God and to listen to his voice. And so I wanted to do the same by sharing my testimonies of prayer. Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to just yell at you guys so this is my testimonies and so um the first time i prayed i prayed i think it was even before i officially accepted christ when i you know sat down with rona and did the prayer it was i was lying in bed and i remember i was just so filled with joy you know when you first became christian you have so much joy it's the honeymoon phase i was just lying in bed without my roommate in the dorms and i was just lying down i'm like everything's so good like after this emmaus retreat everything's just so fine it's so good and then i realized oh god um i have to meet a friend later on and i don't really like this friend <laughs> and then my joy just went down i was like i don't feel comfortable like I don't feel comfortable with this friend she's the first friend I made at SNU but she felt like a frenemy to me you know like a friend plus enemy because I felt like people were always comparing me with her and I was like I don't like this like wherever I go people compare me I don't want to have this kind of friend and I was like God and I'm so insecure I'm like what does she think of me does she actually like me is she really my friend and I was thinking of all these things I'm like God I don't know what to do I have to see her in 20 minutes like what do I do should I just cancel God like what do I do I was feeling so good but now she's going to ruin this whole vibe like what do I do and that was the first time that I heard from God 
that I was confident that I heard. Because before I thought people were crazy when they said, I felt the Lord say. I was like, no. <laughs> but this time I was like, oh my gosh, I think I understand. It's not audible all the time, but I, I, can, I can hear him. And he said, Gina, it doesn't matter what she thinks. doesn't matter what she thinks um, because is your action only based on whatever she thinks? Is your, like in life, are all your actions going to be based, are they just going to be reactions to what people say? To what people think or are you going to take control of your life and control of your thoughts and control over your choices and are you going to choose to act in a certain way are you going to respond basically instead of reacting and so he said would you doesn't matter how she sees you whether she loves you or whatever isn't what matters um whether you love her how you see her how you choose to act in that place because it all might be just lies she might actually really like you and consider you her best friend but instead of being in that place of insecurity, why don't you try seeing her in a better light, in a better way that she, maybe she's never been seen before. So I was like, oh, okay, like, wow, that's wisdom that I never knew was possible, you know. Um, because I wasn't Christian, I thought, you know, haters going to hate. I don't care what people think, and I, but I have to act, you know, I don't care what people think, and I'm going to act like I'm tough and above it all, but I'm still going to be secretly insecure. I thought that was the worldly way. But then this kind of wisdom was on top of everything. Like, it's literally haters going to hate, but I'm still going to love, and I'm still going to be me. I was like, I didn't know that was an option. So that was the first time that I prayed and I heard from God, and I realized when in the Bible it says... Um, in James chapter one, verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And I was like, dang, you're right. Like I ask you for wisdom. How do I get out of this situation? How do I change? And you gave me the wisdom, God. And so through prayer, as I said, you receive, you communicate, you connect. And I connected with him on the terms of loving your neighbors, loving your friends, and also asking for wisdom. You know, okay. So the next one, quickly going on to the next one. <laughs> I said, um, it's Christian prayer is not an obligation, but it's a connection with God through prayer. And I first felt this when I really felt the love and comfort of God when I prayed about um, my dad. So my dad usually comes to Korea a lot for business trips and he gets his annual health checkup. Cause you know, that's what you're supposed to do as you get older. And usually it's okay. Like he's healthy. Everything's fine. Then one time after Emilia's large group, I was on my way back to my room and my aunts and my mom called me and they were weeping and they're like, Oh my gosh, like, what do we do? Gina, what do we do? I was like, what's happening? And they said, the doctors found a huge tumor in my dad's stomach. And they didn't know if it was cancerous or not, but they had to cut him open, like do surgery, remove that and do tests and then see if he needs further treatment. And I was really shocked because no one in my family was ever that sick. I, my grandpa was, but he died when I was young. So I didn't know anyone else who was sick. And so I called my dad and I was like, hey, dad, how are you doing? And he sounded really, really weak. Like I've never heard him sound so weak before. So I was really tempted to be in a place of fear. But at that MAS large group, I learned, Rona taught about worshiping God through everything and through prayer that we're going to conquer all things. And so I immediately sat down and I started praying and I was like crying and weeping and whatever. But I said, no, God, I declare faith over myself. I declare healing over my dad. And I declare that this is going to bring our family stronger and tighter together. So that was my first step of 
faith in prayer as well. It was the first time that I connected with God because later on after um, this dramatic thing happened, my dad was supposed to go into surgery. And I, it was early in the morning, so I was on my way from dorms. I was in the subway, and I called my aunt because we were supposed to meet together and see my dad off into the operating room. And I called her, and I was like, oh, like, where are you, aunt? And she, <laughs> and she said, your dad's already in the operating room. Like, he went in two hours ago. I was like, what the heck? Like, what's wrong with you? And I yelled at her. I yelled at her because... My dad has never been in such a serious surgery where they, the doctor said they had to remove two-thirds of his stomach. I mean, that's a serious operation. And you, it didn't occur to you that you had to tell his daughter that he's going into surgery alone? I was so mad. Um, and later, I was really bitter about that, too. And I was praying to God when I was um, taking care of my dad, just watching him. And I was like, God, it's not fair that my dad had to go in alone. And I'm really, really sad and upset about that. And I was just sharing with him, and that was, you know, my prayer. I was like, God, this is how I feel, and I don't know what to do. And God gave me visions. I think this was the first time as well when I saw, like, visions that God gave me. And it was Jesus, and he was holding my dad's hand. As you know, like, the doctors roll your bed into the surgery room. And my dad was probably, he told me that he was really scared because he was alone and he was just looking up. But I had that vision, except this time Jesus was there holding my dad's hand and just stroking his forehead. And he was looking down with so much love and peace. Like he didn't care what was going on. (laughs) He was just looking at my dad with so much love and peace. And I started crying. I was like, dang, you were there. You were there. Even though my aunts or my grandma or I, like we weren't there, but you were there, Jesus. That was the first time I believed um, that God could be somewhere where I wasn't. Like, it just never occurred to me that God is everywhere. And then um, later he gave me another vision that he was there in my dad's operating room leading the doctors to do the surgery. And that he was, in, he was with my dad as he, as he was unconscious and he was just sleeping and everything. Like God was just there. And so that was the first time that I received so much love and comfort from God. And so I knew when he said God you know, gives comfort to those all who seek it in him. And so that was my other testimony of prayer. And the third one, the most important one, is about how Christian prayer is different from the other ones because we get to pray with authority. Because this is a communication and because Jesus died for us and he gave us that anointing and authority, when we pray, it says that we don't come to him in fear. We don't approach the throne room in fear, but we come as sons, free, and we say this, you know, we just pray to God. We can come with freedom and we have authority because we've been given this, you know, the truth. That's our sword. We have the shield, which is our faith. I mean, faith, which is our shield. And so we have the authority to fight as well. And in this authority, um, we can pray together as one, you know, as a collective, like in, you know, 615, Sunday Swim, Friday Fire, or JPM, or we can just pray alone. But, um, you know, authority is not given to a slave begging to a master. That person has no authority. The slave has no authority when they're asking him, asking the master. But as sons and daughters, that's the important thing. In Christian prayer, We can pray with authority. We can just pray to God as sons and daughters. That's the connection that God has given us. And so we can pray with the authority and we can work with him, connect with him, connect to his heart and to see visions of how, of his kingdom being brought here. We can pray all of that with authority as we talked last time in familia about authority too. So 
um, one short testimony was about how in JPM we were con- we were interceding for Pastor Kenneth Bay in held up in North Korea. I remember we were praying and praying and praying, and week after week we were praying, and I got sick of praying. I was like, it's time that he gets out, God. <laughs> it's time he gets out. I'm tired of praying for him. We have other things to pray about. And um, I felt God saying, it is done. I was like, okay. Like, okay. Let's see. And then the week after we had to pray again, and then the month after we had to pray again, I was like, what the heck? Like, I thought it was done. But anyways, long story short, we went, uh, we were at a retreat, the leadership retreat, our first one. And then one night, like all of us were getting ready to sleep. And on the news, we were on media fast, so we heard it kind of late. Um, but we heard that Kenneth Bay was just released. He was just released. And we're like, wow, that was my first time that I understood. Like if we pray with authority and if we pray together, then God really moves in those ways. And then another personal authority one was, um, when my familiar leader, like a year and a half ago, she is a leader right now at Shilim. Her name's Hyojin, and she was a student here at SNU. She was a staff briefly as well. Um, she was my familiar leader, and um, so I wa- I'm studying psychology right now because I wanted to be a criminal psychologist. I wanted to study the minds of criminals and psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I, I, I connected with... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I was studying my own kind. No, so I, I wanted to study criminal psychology. So I, I looked at a lot of, you know, murder cases about gangs and stuff and watched a lot of TV shows like Criminal Minds, Bones, all that. And slowly it poisoned my mind so that I would have nightmares of like just I would walk into a room and see hanging bodies everywhere. Or I would just go into like bathrooms and like, blood every or whatever and it's just always a part of me and this fear was always a part of me so i could never be alone i was so scared to be alone and in poland our house is in our compound is in a forest so i was like i was so afraid because all the murders happen in forests so (laughs) i was so afraid and when i'm studying i had to always like turn around because i felt like someone was behind me so i couldn't yeah (laughs) so that was my that was i thought that was normal (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, of course everyone needs to be afraid for their lives every day. Um, and one time I was talking about this with a couple of um, a couple of Emmaus friends. And I was like, yeah, like, this is my life. And they're like, that's not okay. <laughs> so they told me to t- um, take it to my familiar leader. And I did. And I explained it to her. And she prayed. She, it, You know when in churches where you see people who are praying with authority and they're like yelling and everything. She just prayed, God, I just remove all nightmares. I just remove all these demonic thoughts, all fear. And I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. That was it. That was it. It was so calm. Like she was at a cafe. So she's just like whispering the prayer, but it was done with so much authority because from that moment, I haven't had a single of those demonic thoughts or like fear or whatever. And that was when I realized, Oh, this is what freedom tastes like this is what freedom is and i didn't know i had i could be free from all that fear and anxiety and so her prayer filled with authority and like faith it set me free and so prayer with authority is important ladies and gentlemen and yes just pray to god have faith in god trust in him with all your hearts and prayer doesn't have to look one way but as i showed it can look in multiple ways and god can move in multiple ways through your prayers And so don't be afraid to pray. Don't be discouraged. You can take it one second at a time, one time, like just one step at a time. And 
you're really going to fall in love with praying as you're connecting to God and connecting with his heart and seeing how he moves. So that is the end of my teaching. I hope it gave you a lot of questions to discuss in familias.